So let me say this again for the people in the back. It gives your states the right to choose what to do based on what you want to do as people. You're listening to The Traditional Millennial with Brittany Dotson, where conventional meets contemporary and faith fills the gaps. Welcome back to The Traditional Millennial. I am your host, Brittany Dotson. And before we get deep into this episode, let me just say this. I am in awe by the fact that people are coming to social media blows and maybe even physical blows over something that is so delicate, something that needs our care and concern more than it needs our distasteful, cruel, unhinged comments. This baffles me. Why is it that nowadays we want to unfriend and block and badmouth people who don't agree with us? If we all agree with one another, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. We wouldn't even be talking about rights and choices because there would be no need to. It is saddening that such a touchy, heartbreaking, serious topic it has been made about us. We make everything about us as individuals. So we take to social media to argue, to cuss, to fuss, and to fight instead of taking the fight to the ring of life where it actually belongs. Like it feels like we are in election time all over again. Like y'all are making people tired. Y'all make folks tired and you make us not like social media. Just stop it. And you know, it's 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 crazy and it's it's so maddening to me that this happens. It happens so much whenever there is something very controversial going on in the world and people just cannot see eye to eye. So we just try to take each other out. Uh, It's too much and it's not, it's unnecessary and it's not godly. And you know, after this episode, I, I, I hope that we all can still be friends. But if you do choose to delete or block me, just know that they did crucify Jesus. So I'm good. You know, no, I'm just kidding. I hope it doesn't come to that. But seriously, let's just go ahead and jump into this episode today. Now, mind you, I am a Christian. I am a believer. I believe that my Lord and Savior is Jesus Christ and that I was a sinner and that he rescued me from sin after I confessed and I believed in my heart that he was the son of God and that he was raised on the third day so that I can experience a life eternal with him and a life full of joy while I am here on this earth. I believe that. I believe in the word of God. I believe that the word of God is true. It is inerrant and it is the authoritative voice of God himself. I believe that. So what the word says is wrong. I just have to say that it's wrong because of who it comes from. So I just wanted to preface all of this conversation with that right there. And I also want to say this. I am not speaking to you today from a place of an unfamiliar or a foreign perspective. I know how this feels. I know what this feels like. I know what this is. And so from a place of experience, I tell you, doing things God's way is always the best way in order to not live with lingering effects and the lingering consequences of of choosing things that are outside of God's will. It is always best to just do things God's way. I know. I'm not speaking to you from a place of, of the unknown. I'm speaking to you as a person who's dealt with this, who knows how this is. So a lot of people say, well, you can't speak on this because you don't know. And you don't know what you're talking about because you never experienced this. I have. I have. And I will still tell you to this day, God's way is always the best way. So for those of you who don't know, Roe versus Wade, was it was ruled on back in 1973 on the basis that a woman has an absolute right during the first two trimesters of pregnancy to decide whether or not to bear a child. 
But now, Dobbs versus Jackson, it overrules Roe versus Wade, and it has returned the authority to the people and their elected representatives based on its heating of the Constitution. So now it gives individual states the power to set their own abortion laws without coming into conflict with Roe versus Wade. And from my understanding, all of the laws make exceptions for the life of the mother, but most don't include exceptions for rape and incest. And just from the looks of it, based on current legislation, signals from lawmakers and expert interviews, some states may still allow it to remain legal, while others are bordering on uncertainty and some on bans altogether. So let me say this again for the people in the back. It gives your states the right to choose what to do based on what you want to do as people. Let that sink in for all of those who hold to a democratic form of government that is for the people by the people. Okay, but from from a perspective based on what's been circling the drain of social media and from a Christ centered viewpoint, I want to just bring some things to the forefront for us to think about today. So in approaching things like this as a believer, we have to understand that believers have a different view on things like church versus state, right and wrong, good and evil, and on all of that in between. Right is based on the absolute knowledge of God and the truth of God's word. So when you attack Christians on the basis of their belief in God's word, yeah, I hate to break it to you, but you're wrong. And if you call yourself a Christian and you malign and attack other Christians for standing on God's word, uh, you're wrong too. Because if you go back to the beginning, we have to understand that our laws that govern morality came from God. They come from God. Government came from God. Romans 13 says this. It says, let every person be subject to the governing authorities. Now, now don't stop there. Just keep reading. It says, for there is no authority except from God. And those that exist have been instituted by God. So even those leaders in the Old Testament who were evil, God used for his purpose. If you recall, God anointed Cyrus. It says this in Isaiah, who was a pagan king. He, he anointed Cyrus to help his people. And just like God had used pagan kings from the Chaldeans, the Syrians, and the Babylonians, he used them to chasten his people when they refused to repent of their idolatry. So again, whatever God's purpose is, he will use who he wants, how he wants to carry it out. But the end goal, just like with creation, it's going to always be good and it's going to always work out in your favor and God is going to get the glory. And y'all, let's just face it. We need regulations, regulations that are based on natural or moral law. So people won't just do whatever, however, whenever you remember what it says over in first Timothy one and nine, it says, understanding this, that the law is not laid down for the just, but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly and sinners, for the unholy profane, for those who strike their fathers and mothers, for murderers, the sexually immoral, men who practice homosexuality, enslavers, liars, perjurers, and whatever else is contrary to sound doctrine in accordance with the gospel of the glory of the blessed God. So bear this in mind as we look at what has happened amongst us. So in examining the ins and outs of Roe versus Wade, let's dig a little bit into who we're dealing with. So you have three parties that are directly involved with this. You have a woman who feels she has the right to do what she wants with her body. You have a child or a fetus who doesn't have the capacity to make a decision for themselves, whose life is in the hands of someone who can make a choice for them. Then you have the healthcare provider who will be performing the procedure, whether it's surgical or medication induced. So let's talk about the mother and the argument that she has a right to do what she wants with her body. So 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20 says this after it talks about sexual immorality. It says, and now remember, 
Paul is talking to believers, so we have to keep that in mind. It says, or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. So as believers, we are not going to see anyone's body as their own because we, being bound to the word of God, belong to God. And we present our bodies as a living sacrifice to him as our creator. So for the case of abortion and rights, this wouldn't be an argument for someone who follows scripture because, again, the body belongs to God and we are obligated to live holy as God is holy. Now, as for the child, I guess you could just kind of refer back to what I just said. And also, murder is wrong in the sight of God as we, those who have life, are all image bearers. And the Bible talks about us taking the life of another. So if this baby is growing, then no matter how it's growing, no matter who it's connected to in order to grow, it's viable. So therefore, it's a live, breathing person. As for the healthcare provider, when we consent to abort a child, we are in essence involving this healthcare provider in our wrongdoing. And we shouldn't want to put that pressure or responsibility on another human being. There are so many nuances to this. But at its core, we need to be getting to the root of these unwanted pregnancies first and foremost. And of course, outside of medical reasons, if it's being done because we want to escape an inconvenience, then y'all, it's sin. Now, in situations like that of trauma, rape, and incest, I I cannot speak on those things, but I will tell you this. I do not have the tolerance for things like that. It is incorrigible for a man to rape a woman or for an uncle to sleep with their niece or a daddy to sleep with their daughter, knowing there's a chance of impregnating her and knowing that it's wrong. I I can't stand it. And it's a terrible thing that happens to women, but the reality is it happens. It It may not be happening as frequently in proportion to women who have abortions just frivolously, but it happens and I have no tolerance for it. But I will say this, I cannot speak to that situation because I've never been in that situation. And for me to speak on that would be disrespectful to the woman that has been there. I don't know how that feels. Thank the good Lord. But I hope and I pray that maybe God leads somebody in this woman's life or sends someone their way that they can that can minister to them and can witness to them and help them through whatever they have gone through. I pray that they make the best decision according to the word of God and according to the conviction in their heart. But all I can say is what the word of God says. That's all I can do. And in situations like that, you really have to be sensitive to those types of things. And you really have to hear from the Holy Spirit on how to handle them and how to approach those things so that the mother and the child get what they need from the Lord, not from you, but from God. Because God is the only one that's going to be able to comfort and console them in times of trouble. So that, that's not what this conversation is about today. Because those are exceptions that, that I don't know how to deal with. And I'll pray about it. And, and I'll pray and ask God to speak to my heart as far as that goes. But as of right now, that is not the conversation that we're having today. But back to the root. I just think that a lot of times we like to trim away at branches, like enforcing Planned Parenthood and passing out birth control and pamphlets and condoms instead of getting to the root of issues. Why do us as women feel the need to give men who don't deserve our bodies that which belongs to God? Have we made a God out of sex? Or have we made a God out of that man that we want to sleep with? What is this rooted in? Of course, it's sin against our body. That's the means by which it manifests itself. But why? Is it disbelief? Is it a hard heart? You know, in all cases, it's just giving in to fleshly desires. But there are people who have dealt with things that cause them to act out their trauma in different ways. Could this be it for some women? Like we have to address 
the root of these issues. Uh, now, I want to go here. And I'm speaking from a worldview now, not a God view. I just want to throw some things out there for us to think about. So as we think about rights and privileges and accessibility to certain things, I have to wonder how our governing bodies reconcile their decisions. So we're okay with giving kids the right to a gender reassignment surgery, but a woman doesn't have the right to her body. Like neither are right, according to God's word. But this does show that there is something very fundamentally wrong with the mindset of our world. It is sin. It it, it is chaos and it's disordered thinking. And, And I'm going here too. You know, a lot of Christians are preaching pro-life and protecting the rights of an unborn child. But while we're preaching pro-life and even pro-choice for that matter, can we preach pro-abstinence and pro-celibacy? Why do we have to get all the way to a pregnancy when we can just stop at the bed before we get in it? Can we preach Jesus? Can we preach repentance from sin? Can we preach loving our neighbor and helping them to see that there is a better way than giving their bodies to someone who is not God's plan for their life? Can we preach marriage with as much force as we tackle these political issues to undergird things like adoption, foster care, birth control, and a right or no right to the body? How about we focus on the one who gave up his body for us to live without the burden of making these choices? Let's focus on what keeps us from having to decide between a baby and a sin. Now, on the flip side of this, and this is this is me talking from a Christian view of the world because I need help with some things, y'all. So women now can't define what a woman is, but they are pro-choice and they stand for the allowance of a woman to do whatever she chooses with her body and reproductive organs. So with that being said, how can we not define that she actually has a body or reproductive organs to choose to do something with if we can't define what makes her a woman? We got to make it make sense. Because of this, I see why the works of the flesh aren't unified. I see why they're all over the place. And I see why the fruit of the spirit is. And I'm going here too, y'all. A lot of people know beforehand whether or not they have the resources to care for a child. So why not know beforehand that you need to not have sex to not have a baby? Y'all, listen, people, including other Christians, cannot put the burden on responsible Christians to adopt and foster for those who are acting out of lust in irresponsible ways without first teaching those whose children you want us to adopt and foster prevention and abstinence from sex. When this ramps up, when our teaching ramps up and we are acting more proactively instead of reactively, then let's have this discussion of what to do. But you cannot say that you feel for those innocent children in Uvalde who didn't do anything to anybody without feeling for those innocent children in a woman's womb who didn't ask to be here. And it's not the responsibility of other people to bear your burden of irresponsibility. It's just not. And I'm going here too. And this is all I got. (laughs) If it's a woman's right to choose what she does with her body, then why do men get brought into the situation when people say that women need to be responsible and not have sex if they don't want a baby? Listen, truth is, there there are a lot of people out there who have kids that don't need them, even if they're married or if they choose to, choose to keep them. But if you know you don't want them, then there should be a requirement of yourself not to do what it takes to have them. Not that man. But you, if you're the one who claims you have a right to choose, you also have a right to choose who you lie down with. The same applies if you don't want to go to jail for theft. You won't break into somebody's home and steal their personal belongings. Look, as Christians, we don't have a responsibility to adopt a child born out of wedlock. 
We have a responsibility to the kingdom of God to take care of those who God has assigned us to. If he does not lead us in the way of a child who is born to two consenting adults who didn't want that child, then we can't assign ourselves to that child. That's disobedience, which would result in the same fleshly act as the act to get that baby here. So now with all of that being said, you may be wondering, how do we apply biblical wisdom in situations like this? It's simple. We just do what God says to as it deals with the political aspect of this. We do it by voting conviction instead of voting feelings or preferences. We do this on the front end. And from the spiritual viewpoint, we witness how and to whom God has called us to. We love other people and we let them know that God loves them, too. And he wants them to be called to himself so that they don't have to live with the burden of decisions like these because it's hard. Y'all. If you have a heart, then issues like this are difficult for you because you feel compassion for people and you want the best for their life. But you also want them to choose what's best. And God's way is always best for us. I know from experience as someone who has given my life to God, I know what it's like to live with the burden of knowing you are in direct contradiction of God's word. But I also know what it's like to be free from guilt and shame and from the weight of sin in my life. We do have a right to choose. We can choose life, the life, Jesus Christ. And through him, we will truly be set free. All right, y'all, that is a wrap for today's episode. I hope it blesses and encourages you. And I hope that we remain friends on today. Listen, I need y'all to connect with me on Facebook and Instagram at Brittany Dotson Music and also on Instagram at Traditional Millennial Podcast. You know, I would love to hear from you again. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today on the Traditional Millennial, where conventional meets contemporary and faith fills the gaps. Me your way.